Hello, and welcome to the Architectette podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Brady. Architectette is a podcast that illuminates the lesser heard stories of women plus in architecture and related fields. On today's episode of Architectette, we welcome Alexandra Chavez. Alexandra is a project manager at Restructure Studio in Austin, Texas, a mom, an Austin Women in Architecture, or WIA, member, as well as a founder of the WIA Profiles Subcommittee, which produces videos highlighting women in architecture in Austin. On today's episode, we talk about how Alexandra started her education in Venezuela, finished with a graduate degree in the United States, and then fearlessly moved to New York to fulfill her dream of living in the Big Apple. We next talk about her career experience leading up to and during the 2008 recession and how she overcame getting laid off, Afterwards, we talk about her transition to Austin, working for a women-led and women-employed architecture firm, and finding support and encouragement in WIA. Alexandra also shares what inspired her to create the Profile series and how she works with her husband to put together exciting, thoughtful conversations with featured women. We end by chatting a bit about the architectural growth in Austin and how the design community is looking forward to encouraging positive change. As a reminder, all links to connect with Alexandra, Restructure Studio, and WIA will be in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a review, comment, and share this with your friends and colleagues. And also, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can also join our newsletter by signing up at architectet.com. Enjoy the episode. On today's episode of Architect Ed, we welcome Alexandra Chavez. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited too. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about your career journey and maybe some things that you didn't expect or surprises that you encountered? Yeah, so as far as my career journey, I am originally from Venezuela. I started my career there in Venezuela. And then after there was a coup in like 2002, And my parents already moved to the States and I decided I'm going to stay. I'm going to do my master, like my, 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 my bachelor's in Venezuela. And then I'll go and do my master's in the States because I had the fortunate that my grandfather was American. So my mom, when I was born, they were able to pass on the citizenship. So for me, it was easier to transition to the States uh, compared to other people that We'll have to like apply, get accepted, get visas, etc. So after that, I just like jumped and came here to the States. I stayed with my parents for a, a short period of time for like around nine months. Because again, not, I could come sooner, but then now it's more like, you know, to be accepted to a school to be transferred. <laughs> so so I did all my transfer. I got into SCAD, so I'm a College of Art and Design, and I started there on a summer. It was shocking at the beginning because it was it was like everything was different. All the terminology for architecture now I'm like learning everything in English. I come from a metric system compared to inches and like even like one simple thing for like one of my first studios classes that I had was like to draw floor plan. And I literally thought I needed to draw plant <laughs> instead of a plan. So I was like, reality check right there to like, you know, now to get acquainted of what the actual terminology mean in English to what you are being asked to do in school. So yeah, that was, that was fun at the beginning. But then yeah, then I got into the school and then I really loved it. And it's a small school. I've always been a person that likes to be in small environments. I've never been on a big firm. I feel like the biggest firms 
I, I don't know, they intimidate me a little bit. So I'm always been on um, like a boutique, more intimate, always a few people or like maybe 20 at the biggest uh, kind of firm. So that's how school was as well. So yeah, and then I graduated and I went straight to New York. I said, I want to go to New York. My mom's like, you're crazy. Why do you want to go to New York? It's like, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? I need to experience it myself before I have a family. So little did I know the first interview that I got, they told me this portfolio, you're not going to find work here. And then the next interview was like, you have an amazing portfolio. We want to hire you. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so yeah. So again, those are the odds of a big city, I guess. Uh, some people are cut for some some firms and some people aren't. So there I was, a fish in a pond, trying to find my, my little pond. Where am I going to live and, and grow into? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Were you applying to a specific type of firm or because, you know, one firm saying great portfolio, another firm saying you're never going to get a job with this. Were they in the same sector or were they totally different sectors? They were in, I, now that I remember, I think they were in different sectors. And then for some reason, I always have landed on residential more than commercial firms. And I think that was some portion of commercial firm. So I don't know if it had to do with it, but again, it always happens. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, in the end, it, it went great. I started working at this firm. It was far away, but I made it work. I did the commute. And then little that I know, I started like coming into the city because that was in Staten Island. So I lived in Brooklyn and I had to go all the way to Staten Island. Mm-hmm. And it was like three hours of my day. <laughs> just commuting <laughs> a little lot of reading in the meantime but but yeah it was a lot I, I was not a person during the week you could see me on the weekends <laughs> so yeah and then little did I know I moved into like an I, I got another offer to into the city so that kind of like opened my horizons and changed my perspective of like you know work-life balance in general and yeah and the recession came I survived the recession in New York what was kind of the atmosphere around that recession? Like, what was it like? I've heard a lot, oh, we're, we're heading towards another recession. I started working in 2013 in the industry, so I just missed 2008. Yeah, I don't think it was exactly like this. Like, the, I feel like here, they are talking about the recession, it's coming, it's coming, but I I, I feel like it's not going to be as probably as deep as it was in 2008 when like mm-hmm. the stock market crash and you're like seeing big layoffs. I feel like here you're seeing a little more in tech than the construction still going, even though things have slowed down. And I don't know, it, I think it's an effect with the pandemic as well. It's all very different. I guess if each, again, this will be my second recession, but I feel like back in the day, it was just like, you know, it was, Again, so new to me as well, but I don't see it being as aggressive as it was in the 2008. Okay. Did you know a lot of people in the industry that got laid off and did your firm do layoffs? Yeah, my firm did laid offs. Um, I was one of the very few first to be laid off and some of my peers were like, oh my God, what's going on? And mine happened on a Friday and I actually told told my supervisor, do you mind if I stay? i rather not walk out of here. So I like gather my things and then I came on Saturday and then on Monday they were like, oh my God, she's not here. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible. I know. It's because I didn't want to feel that shock that people like looked at me walking out and yeah, she's being let go. I feel like, I, I think it, it would have been... I don't know. I don't know how it 
I've dressed it at that moment, but I was like in my twenties and I'm like, I remember I walked to my, my then boyfriend at the time and I'm like, I just got laid off. But well, I, through that, I learned again, it was like a year and a half. I did some like courses here and there to try to like keep up the career. Mm -hmm. And then I started kind of like taking on the lead, like, you know, studying for lead at the time, except lead was like a very early on stages on that and that around that time when I graduated it was like not as it is right now that you have to like broken down into like sections so in the end I like didn't really completed that because I was like I'm not sure where I'm going to land so I have no idea if I'm going to need it or not so I ended up just not doing it. and then I ended up going into solar design which is the craziest thing how did that happen <laughs> I know it, it it was like they were I was applying left and right everywhere to try to get a job and then I got accepted into an internship once and I asked them I was like is this guarantee a job afterwards and they said no and then after after I was ready to leave New York I ended up finding out that I worked with those GCs and I was like you guys are the (laughs) I applied to you guys (laughs) for the internship program and they were like really I was like yes (laughs) And I think it would have been a good opportunity, but I did not know it at the time because they did say that they didn't guarantee like a job position afterwards. So I ended up finding this solar company. And then again, they were paying peanuts, but at least it was something very better than nothing. So I learned from it because again, I went into like, I'm always been going into like green design, like sustainable home kind of of firm so so yeah and that's where I am at every structure studio so yeah I ended up yeah there was one point after um I had we had my, my husband and I met and got married and had our son after like being married for a couple of years and after we were there I was like we always said we want to have kids maybe one in New York but I don't know if two will be too much and, and again, that was it. Like we, after he was born, it was just like a marathon. Run to the job site, drop him off at the daycare, jump to the job site, jump to the daycare. And we had like no life. And I was like, this is too much. We're paying to rent with the daycare and the, and the, and, and, and just to pay in our apartments. So we're like, okay, back home was not, again, home was not, no longer in Venezuela. It was now Texas. So we decided to move to, we want, we had our eye in Austin. And so we moved to Houston to my parents and and then I started applying and I found a job right away. And I started in like January of 2018. I started a firm that it was an old design build. They have their in-house architect, their GCs, interior designers, everything. I stayed there for eight, nine months. And then after that, I found Restructure Studio and I not looked back after yeah, I've been there for almost five years. I'm a project manager. I love it. The the work atmosphere, the we're all moms, the flexibility of like understanding if something happens. And now with the, again, after COVID, it opened up like people can work remote and sometimes like we do hybrid. So it's been amazing. I, I am super blessed where I am. And not until I got to Restructure Studio and to that old women's firm that I decided that I now can get license before I was like maybe I want to do it in New York but I'm like I'm not sure if I'm going to stay here and then this New York test is just like insane so 
So yeah, so yeah, I I don't know. I guess you needed. I need to be empowered by other women to actually continue empowering new women after me. So where are you in the testing process right now? I've not started yet, but that doesn't mean that I won't. And then I in the rolling clock situation, it's kind of tricky because every, even here, um, we have an amazing girl that she started a whole licensure initiative in part of the women in architecture we had a call to action like whole like we have so many volunteers in our in our little community of women in architecture and one of them was actually my boss Karina Cole she started the call to action but that call to action was not only one thing it's just like reach out to high school reach out to helping moms uh help uh ladies to get licensed and it it became all this thing and now it has like four or five different branches inside of it and one of them is licensure and we have Kissinian um nation from um Gensler here in Austin that she has been an advocate to getting people licensed if you need materials anything so yeah she's on like writing letters to because Texas apparently does not want to do the stopping clock Oh, <laughs> I know. Even though it's gone national, there's still there's apparently there's a law that it doesn't allow yet Texas to comply. And I was like, man, that stopping clock really. That's what scares a lot of people because a lot of people can do it really fast, and some others it will take a couple years, and people don't want to take the chance of like missing that out and then wasting all the money and the effort of studying and not being able to complete all the tests on that short amount of period that the, the rolling clock has on it. So yeah, I still have it in my head and it's planted <laughs> in my seat everywhere that I will do it. <laughs> Excellent. Once you commit to doing it, then it's just a matter of making time to study for that. But a lot of people are kind of like, maybe I'll test and, and that really prolongs the process. So I'm excited that you're at the point where you're like, I'm going to take the tests. And then now it's just a matter of getting through all of them. Yeah, all the loopholes that we have over here. And again, everywhere, everyone, everyone has loopholes. <laughs> so and you also mentioned Restructure Studio. So can you talk a little bit about, for people who are not familiar, it's a smaller firm, totally women-led and all women employed too, right? Correct. Yeah, it's women-led, women-owned, women, women everything. <laughs> yeah, all the way. Yeah, Restructure Studio is it's a great firm. Karina Cole, she's the founder. And she started this during the recession when she had her first child. And she had this, again, this vision of just creating an inclusive, very family-friendly firm. And I am the first full-time employee besides herself. Everyone else, it's part-time pretty much, uh, even including our office manager. And we have two other ladies. And then now we have an interior designer also that is also a mom. And um, yeah, we are all like making it happen and yeah restructure studio is great and besides that i also want to say that karina was really passionate about giving women ownership about their work so she launched a sister company called arbor plans through restructure studio which is architect design plan sets that can be sold to be built and she actually has our name, like uh, this one was designed by Alexandra. This one was designed by Melissa. This one was designed by Mike. So he, she gives full ownership to whoever designs the home and the websites that are being sold 
So that that's just amazing because again, I feel like not until I guess you're either a registered architect or you go on your own, you get get your full name that this was like this is a product of your own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's pretty cool. Recently, we went to there was two homes that I designed for a developer. So we and then we we designed a couple little like we met with a couple of our realtor friends and asked them what was being asked in Austin for like homes and ADUs because everyone wants to maximize their lot and get extra income. So, so yeah, we met with them and she came out with programs and she gave them to like different people and we just like went with it and just like, it was, it was amazing. So yeah, recently uh, we went to see two completed homes that were designed by me. So they were pretty cool. They're on the market right now to be sold. Wow, that's exciting. What was it like walking through a total home that you designed? It's really cool. Yeah, it's, you know, it's walking to the job site and then having the expectation house to come out. Even though we were not involved as much on the construction administration because these are developers and you pretty much set up the plans. And we did tell them that we wanted to go in like different milestones to make sure framing's going well and plumbing and electrical and all that. But as of finished out and everything, they came out really great. And even I took my husband with me and he's like, oh my God, this is insane. (laughs) I can't believe you designed these homes. (laughs) That's exciting. It's nice that you can share it with someone else in your life of like, I work all this time. This is what I build. I agree. Yes, it is. So, so he's like, wow, you can, you could design pretty cool stuff. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and so most, you said most, if not all women working at the firm are moms. How is the structure of kind of your day-to-day collaboration and how you guys have working hours or flexible hours. How is that different from any other place that you've worked before? Well, we always have our Monday meetings to check in every week to make sure that we're meeting our goals internally of like deadlines and anything. And we just like full force, depending if there's a permit thing going on or a CD said that. So we just like, it's pretty much hands-on. You get exposed from, I get exposed from like client meetings to site meetings to vendor meetings to all of those things versus I feel like when you're in a bigger firm, you're like shadowing sometimes somebody, but they're not, you're not fully exposed to all of the process between the contract and negotiations and client interaction and, and email correspondence. So yeah, we're, we're pretty much like, even though I'm a project manager, I feel like we all wear every hat. There it is. If we need to do this, we'll do it. If we need to like sidetrack and jump ahead and help an- another teammate to make sure that this permit says get get out of the office at a, at a at the deadline that we had set up for. So yeah, that's what we pretty much do. It's just like, and I feel like in every other firm that I work for, I feel like it's been like that. It's always been like we we collaborate between each other's and we make sure like deadlines are getting met. And yeah, there's not like you're doing this, you're doing that. Is there more flexibility of pick up and drop off or kids have activities? And then is it more understood that I'm still performing my best? I will still get the job done, even though I have to loop in these other obligations. Yes. And then before the pandemic, we still do it. Like I'll be in the office full time, but 
and we have always been since we moved from New York, we've always been one car family. So it's always been like the juggle between and then my boss is amazing. She's like, Alexander, if I need to pick you up or if we need to go to a site visit, I need to come for you. Like she, they're always been super understanding about it. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, we always juggle between it. And then like now that my my son goes to very close to our office. So I get in there at 745 in the morning sometimes. But you know, as long as you're making your hours and which we all are, and we're meeting our deadlines. I feel like, yeah, she's always been super flexible about what we do and how we do it. I feel like at this point, two of the coworkers that I had went fully remote because they were always part-time. So, and now we have Slack and we communicate through their project wise. And so like the communication is always there and it's open. So there's never been a problem to like, if there anything gets lost. So it's been great. Yeah. And then even like, you know, sometimes when we were in the pandemic, I had to like, I literally relocated to Houston to my parents so we can join forces and my son can be attended and we can all still be working remote and meeting our deadlines, but in a different location. My gosh, that must have been challenging to combine everyone in one house during that pretty stressful time. Yes, I know. But it made it work. It made it work. You know, we're still going strong. <laughs> And so you're also really active in the Women in Architecture Austin chapter. And that is actually a chapter that during the pandemic, when I was looking for things to attend online of just to stay engaged because everything had shut down in person, I came across the Women in Architecture meetings, but I think they're during the week and they're, they may be like Thursdays and they're in the morning. Friday in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Friday at 8.30. And we're still virtual. It's funny enough. We're still, because I feel like the AIA Center it's still working, it's still doing a hybrid schedule. So Friday is one of the days that they work hybrid. I feel like they have asked every other committee to come in and do their their in-person meetings at the center. But I feel like ours, it's on Fridays and they've still not opened back on Fridays. So ours is always virtual. But that's awesome. I feel like a lot more people can probably attend because it is virtual. Yeah, that's what I tell people. I was like, you don't even turn on your camera. You just roll from your bed. open the Zoom. And that's what I was doing because I was on the West Coast during the pandemic. I used to live in San Francisco. So I would join, I guess, eight. I don't know what the time zones would be. Maybe it was like 630 in the morning. So occasionally I would attend that. I would literally just play it and then stay in my bed and listen and just kind of feel like I was engaged, even though I wasn't part of that local chapter. But the Women in Architecture chapter in Austin is a force to be reckoned with. I love all of their programming. You are leading one of those like particular programming aspects, which is the Profiles Committee. Can you talk a little bit about what that is and what type of things you're putting together for that committee? Yes. So Profile was born yeah, during the pandemic. That's when I first started. Was it late 2019? Yeah, late 2019 is when I first started to go to a couple events from Women in Architecture. And the first one that I went to was a dinner series. They used to put up this amazing dinner series where they ha- they gather female leaders or architect to present uh, whatever work that they have done. And then the next year, and I attended the two meetings that we were able to have <laughs> in person until the pandemic came in March and we all closed out. And I remember telling Jess Deaver, who was the chair at that moment, and in Kiro, 
gals, um, which is Tara liked that, especially Jess. She was also, besides being the chair, and, and at that moment, she was not a, a registered architect. She actually finished her registration during the pandemic. She also, she had had a film career before, and she was trying to get some film in there. And I knew my husband wanted to get more exposure in the film industry in it. So I started going in there. And then one of my ideas was, why don't we interview our sponsors, our leaders in our community and the people who go behind it? Because besides, and, and this happens in every chapter, they always know who the chair and the chair elect are, but they never know who the force that like also help out and volunteer to get all of these events are. So we put an email blast saying, we want to do this one little short video that says, we are we are. So I put the where out there, just record your name, and then on a horizontal format, because this is video, we don't do vertical, <laughs> and then say we are we are. And then I have my husband actually edited all of it, like little faces, and then saying, like, Alexandra, Caitlin, Karina, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, it was like all of us talking together at the same time saying, we are we are. So that went like, wild. And then when I told them about the sponsors, yeah. And Kira at the beginning, she's like, no, I don't want to be interviewed. So we're going to do this. And then that year, actually, there was a conference. I don't remember if it was the TXA conference or anything special. But I feel like but there was um, an actual panel where a man said, like, equality and then women wasn't a thing. <laughs> so she she went all crazy. And she's like, our first topic for profiles is <laughs> I told, and she's like, we're going to go interview people now. And then I want you to start with diversity. So that's what started it. And then we went to diversity. We did diversity and I scouted out like questions we wanted to ask. So we asked a couple of things, what diversity means to you, what diversity is in your firm. Was it important? Is it a, you know, an ongoing effort or something you have to like sit down and learn? So that was the first year that we launched it. And we actually broke barriers where we like, she was like, we need to go to Dallas. We need to go to San Antonio. We need to go to Houston. <laughs> and, they, and then Ingrid Spencer, which is the head of Austin, she, I think she, she told them, you guys, what are you, we're crossing path over here with other AIAs. We, we need <laughs> permission to do these things. She permitted it to do it. But I feel like after that, we scaled down and we were just now doing Austin interviews. But I feel like it was such an um, invigorating like, topic. And just to hear a man say, yeah, that, you know, women, it's not the same with the men's and all that, that I feel like it escalated. So after that, we I, I said, like, now that we have the one more topic, we need to have something new. And then the next uh, cheer leg at that moment was Stephanie Lemo. She she's like the stew inspiration. So that's where I, I I I really started shining and we we went to like what inspires you and then at the end I started like every time when we were in this every single recording, my husband and I, I just started going with the first one when I started, I was like, I wanna ask a secret question. <laughs> and I would never put it in and I and I did and I said what inspired you to study architecture? And they were like, I thought this was going to be like a so <laughs> complicated question. but <laughs> It's the most simplest <laughs> inspiration question you can ask. So yeah, and that's what I did last year. And then this year, we were keeping the inspiration theme. 
And now I'm starting with what inspired you to study architecture this year and then combine a couple like a little diversity. But it's been amazing how humble the community of Austin is. I get surprised every day of meeting all these fellow AIs that I interview that they're so, but so, 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 so humble that you can sit with them and chat like you have met them forever. And whenever you each other everybody's so like collaborative and um there's like they always are like inspired about what you're doing and what again I feel like I am blessed that we moved from New York to here I love New York don't get me wrong but I feel like here in Austin the community of architects and the community of designers that we have we all praise and and like help each other and um and it's not like oh look they got an another award again no it's more like wow they're they've been winning awards for 15 years in a row they're doing something right instead of like how can we do it better so we can get that award next year <laughs> so so that's how i feel and 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 it's 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 amazing every 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 person i meet every just like that that short of two hours that end up being or three at the most if we record more than one person on that same day it's just amazing how they much have they brought into the table and also how how it tells how much the city cares for their character for their history and for what it's to come I'm just super grateful to be have landed and say, this is going to be where I'm going to set roots. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're having a huge impact on the community through this effort. Do you think that the culture of support and encouragement, does that foster better, better, stronger design in Austin? I, I think so. I would definitely put my hands on fire saying yes. Yes, I think it is fostered through design. And I feel like we try to listen to each other's, even if there's negatives or good comments, depending on what what there is, and also like and what the the city is all about. Like a lot of people, I came from New York, and I was like, I thought that the DOB up there was like the craziest way to try to get approved on a permit. But city of Austin is not easy to get approved permits either. We care much a lot about, especially about trees. You will be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something beyond, I want to say. And then and recently we had a panel that I was in and they asked me, Alexandra, what will be the legacy that you live? And and I was like, I don't work in any commercial projects. But I would say I did the statue and this plaza is going to stay here forever and you can come visit it. I would, and I told them, I feel like the legacy for me would be these profile video series that I'm doing to empower new women to, because they're going to live in the World Wide Web forever. And Everybody can go back to the YouTube channel of the AIA Austin and see all the different series that we have done and, and what we were asking at that moment. And yeah, that will be my legacy. I just like learning from these leaders and to keep inspiring new generations of what they could do and what they could become. Even Austin, like even we, women in architecture lunch, Stephanie Lemo in between Stephanie and, and Karina, they started... Uh, scholarship for architect students, minority architect students um, in the University of UT. And those we started recording to, and those were being amazing to, to record besides we, because in 2020, besides profiles, we were able to help between my husband and I, we were able to help to get virtual site tours. So 
for us was also like for him was like the first time we're in our head and going to a site <laughs> all these things but we get exposed to seeing because to to being on the front end of what our job site would be and we went even to record like the new expansion of the of the airport and he's like i was like you never expected to do that in your life and i feel like 2020 was like a groundbreaking time for a for women in architecture in austin that i feel like like you came across our virtual meetings monthly we also had happy hours like wind downs on zoom we call them wind downs on zoom and we like every other thursday or once thursday a month we would just somebody would host it and people whoever just talk about whatever it didn't have to be architecture it could be family or or art or movies who knows <laughs> it's awesome to have that much programming it seems too with with the scholarships you're really reaching that early career future architect and then the profiles i think really speak to kind of that early but also mid-range of people who are looking to well, I guess this is a question too. People who are looking to learn from leaders, but are you only interviewing leaders or what is the the width of experience that you're of the people that you're choosing for those profile videos? Uh, the beginning, I feel like Enkiro drew a lot of the spearhead of, of who do we need to interview. And I, after that, I started learning names and then we always put a call to actions to like, you know, send me who you want to interview or yeah. And then recently we have like even committee members that are not architects that are being nominating themselves. And um, I, I found that super amazing. I can't wait to start interviewing them as well in the future because yeah, we've been interviewing mainly architects, whoever had put out their name, some of them I would know, some of them, some of the chairs would know and wanted to interview. Uh, we would hope to interview every single past chair too, because again, the women in architecture, I think it started in 2018 when I moved here. So it's not been a very like long period of time that women in architecture has been operational in Austin itself. And one of them, the founder was the second person that I interview, which was Wendy Donantita, which she, she's amazing. I think she brought women in architecture to Austin and then, yeah. She's a fellow at here in Austin, and she is just an amazing lady. But yes, it, it doesn't have to be a leader specifically. But yeah, that was my goal. My goal was like, I wanted to know who wanted to sponsor. Like my interviews were, who wanted to sponsor Wea? Who were our leaders? We were our chair and co-chair, which I never got to do it at the moment that they were doing chairing. But now all of those people that were, that were there, now they're that ha they have been interviewed. Some of them are in post-production at this point, but I feel like I wanted to know who wanted to support women in architecture. That's how Profile initially started. And then it grew to what it is right now by people recommending me, you should reach out to this person. You should do this, you should do that. So, so yeah. And then every meeting that we go, I'm like, please send me more names because we want to keep having pipeline for the future. <laughs> Exactly. I relate to that so much because that's kind of how this podcast started too, where I'm just very curious and I want to talk to people and I joined my firm totally remotely. So to get to know people outside of my project team, I was doing little interviews and then I realized I wanted to talk to many more people in the industry like that. And like you said, kind of then all of a sudden people are recommending others and referring people and like you reached out because you had discovered it. And I just think that kind of snowball is so interesting then to see 
all the people you bring together. And then, as I was saying earlier, you you speak to the early career who's looking for like aspirational. You're speaking to mid-career who's looking for kind of, okay, how do I get to the next level? And I think the late career architects too, or women in the field, it's helpful to know how to be a mentor, or these are the opportunities that people coming up the ladder are looking for. If you're not being the mentor that you wanted to be, then it's helpful sometimes to hear that externally. And then I think it helps leaders be better leaders too, and help to pull more women up the pipeline. I agree. Yes. It's a great opportunity for anybody that would like to do it. And just to put yourself out there, I've never considered myself that I was going to end up working with my husband going on interviews and doing this. And now, now they, when they see us, they were like, you guys are a power couple. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> like every time they see us, it's like, like this interview was so good. What are you guys working up next? <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it's a pairing made in heaven, I guess, for, for this type of work. Cause you said he has a background in film. Yes. He's a video editor and he was never like behind the camera. He actually, he always liked like taking photos and things like that, but he was always one cutting the videos. And then I feel like now that you have like, you know, after you like you leave your job and you want to reinvent, he's always worked on an advertising firm and things like that. So he wanted to break out from that a little bit. He went back to teaching and and then and I told him, like, why don't we do it? And then even Wendy Dantita said, like, you guys should do this more. And then once he sat down with her and said, I wanted to now open my, my, my career and just focus on architectural video works. And I feel like, and I, I, and I told him, I feel like now through women in architecture and opening, you know, they can see, and I feel like the way the world is moving now between still photos and how everything's now a moving image or a reel or a more of a video it's insane. It's insane that that little niche that you can open up and just culture yourself into the architectural because not everybody knows how to tell a story through film. So that's where we are at. And we even got submitted a CU for a TXA for the Texas Architects Conference here at the end of the year about how to make movies for architecture and through telling stories, because I feel like you need to educate this new architects to, to feature their work and feature them the way they want to be told. So yeah, we're trying to use every single asset to continue profiles being a great tool, but to also like tell the architects that not only photos can tell a story, but you can do it through videos as well. Oh, exactly. I've seen that a lot more in our marketing materials where the firms that I've worked at, our websites never had any videos on them. And now all of a sudden it's every new project. It's like, ooh, we should probably get some video content too and some walkthroughs and more dynamic shots. And I think it's really just going to be the way that, yes, we have the photos. We've always had the photos. We've always had the drawings and the renderings by hand. But the videos, I think, are going to... I've seen, I'm seeing them a lot more. So it's going to be what clients are going to request. Yes, I think so too. So also considering the future, I know Austin is, is we didn't really talk about Austin just as like, I want to say like the economic state of Austin, how it's absolutely booming. And what do you see on the horizon for the residential sector in Austin? Yeah, Austin is booming. And one of the reasons that we moved down here is because it was cost effective. Now it's, it's cost <laughs> prohibited. <laughs> 
Yes, and after coming from New York, places like, you know, you lived in San Francisco and all these other things. It's just like, yeah, I feel like there are some affordable housing and then there are a lot of cutting edge technology down here about like, like, I don't know if you heard about Icon, the 3D printing like company. Yeah, they're down here. And I just saw today, like, they're making this amazing 3D printed concrete homes and neighborhoods. So I feel like uh, Austin is in a very good position about how how all of the cities and little counties around it are growing because Austin no longer can support it. And it was so funny. I feel like it was recently in our one of our office meetings that, that Karina was mentioning. It's like, yeah, like the fastest growing city are or the little counties around <laughs> It's so crazy because nobody can afford Austin anymore. And so they're moving to like what it's going to become a bigger burbs of like, I guess, like in New York City, you have the Bronx, Brooklyn, Staten Island, and all of them. They're all part of the New York City state area. So I feel like that's what's going to happen here in Austin, too. I feel like we have a lot of people coming from the East Coast, especially. Well, we we were birds that came from the East Coast after being in New York for like 12 and my husband 15 years so I was well established there <laughs> but but we wanted to have better quality of life and we can still have it I feel Austin is still very child friendly pet friendly it's insane and there's so many green stuff and very family oriented there's there's activity for every every age I want to say but yeah I feel like residential wise it's it downtown has grown they recently the A did a bull tour that they wanted they wanted to expand to having like the Chicago has a boat tours and New York has certain things about architectural tours. They want to to establish these architectural boat tours from in Austin to learn more about what Austin and the Capitol corridor, because we have a Capitol and all these things have grown and how the city used to be and how it has been shaped to what it is right now. And it keeps growing. So yeah. I feel like residential market is gonna it's still booming. There's a lot of condominiums that I don't think they were there in downtown before. And everything was more like houses and everything. But yeah, now we have high rises, a lot of them. I see it see it growing and I see it not slowing down. Well, that's exciting to be an architect or in the architecture industry in such an environment. So there's a lot of exciting things on the horizon. And also for you, what do you see or what are you looking forward to in your career in the next year? To keep empowering women. I want to say, I feel like I, I've always worked under women in certain degree and how we can all manage it in a way. We can be mothers, we can be professionals, and we can be just women in general. Like, So uh, I feel like for me, it's just keep empowering women, keep keep being active in the community. I feel like being engaged to whatever community you are, it's the best thing. Finding a group that's your niche where you can support yourself or support anything that you're doing in, in a specific time, like like we were talking about. Like you know, I know where I would need to go if I need to get licensed or if I wanted to do certain different things. Find that support team. So. That's very, I feel like that's, that's where I'm going to be going in my one year, keeping doing what I'm doing and keep growing and learning every day. Thank you so much for sharing all about 
your story and your experience. And I love what you're doing. Obviously, we are very aligned on kind of what we're hoping to spread in this profession. Where can people find the profiles videos? Are they on the AIA website, only on YouTube, or are they on both places? They're both places. The full interviews are in the YouTube channel. And we also have on the WIA Austin Instagram, there is a link tree that takes you to every one of them as well. They, I think it's been kept there as well. So yeah, and in, in our LinkedIn, we actually, threw me, I told them we need to open a LinkedIn and I and now we have more than 500 people followers and we try to like post whatever we post in Instagram, also post in LinkedIn because I feel like it's a, such a powerful professional platform to connect with people. All of them are there as well. And if someone were to start with one of the videos, do you have a favorite one that you would recommend? All of them. They're all so different. I don't think there is a one favorite. And then we also have the compilations, which we end up doing compilation videos at the end of the year because we have so we ask so many questions that we don't want each video to be that long. So in the compilation video, we actually reveal new questions that were asked during the interview, but it's everybody. So maybe the compilations might be good ones. Like we have a, now we have like two of them. I'll link those in the show notes. I will link the YouTube and the LinkedIn and the Women in Architecture page for AIA Austin and people can follow it there. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me and good luck. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Architect Debt. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to share it with your network, leave us a five-star rating and review, and follow us on social media. Reach out to the podcast directly at architectet.com. That's architectette.com. Join us in two weeks for our next episode. See you then.